What's up, Conroe? Welcome to a brand new edition of Nerd Thug Radio, right here on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations, streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. As always, you can check out Facebook.com backslash Nerd Thug Radio. And this is Corey DLG, and with me as usual, that's me. Hey, we're hanging out here on this Friday afternoon. It's 2 o'clock, which means, that's it, you made it. That's it, it's over. We're calling it. We're calling it. It's the weekend. Yay. Boom. Done. Done. Over. Finished. Finitoed. That's what I've been waiting for. <laughs> the weekend? That's what you've been waiting for? Yeah. Nice. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. I love that joke. It's so funny. <laughs> they, that Twitter account posts it every weekend. It, it's still never not funny. <laughs> It's one of those like absolute classics. I'm trying to think of another example, but there's nothing nearly as funny. Um, I always like the Justin Timberlake memes when it's going to be May. Oh yeah, it's also a pretty good one. Also, it's never not be funny. May. Yeah, those are good. Those are good. Yeah, or um, like the the ones on the. Uh, don't waste your time on me. And it's like all misspelled. Oh no, that would no, that would drive me crazy. There's nothing funny about misspelling words. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's, there's a lot going on in pop culture, like going on to sports this week. We can talk about. Um, usually we talk sports on Thursday. We uh, took Thursday off. There's a lot going on, so. I do want to get to the NFL because there's just so much happening. Um, it's week two. Um, some funny stuff that emerged from week one that I wanted to touch on was, first of all, there was a clip that went viral of a pipe bursting in in a fan section of the Washington Redskins Stadium, of the Washington football team stadium. Um it was a waste pipe from Ooh. a toilet. Oh, my God. And it literally was dumping uh, poop water just out onto the fans. Oh, man. That's awful. It really was almost like the perfect analogy for the Washington football team. Yeah, that's true. Uh, they did win uh, last night, which was interesting. And even that, they kind of screwed up. Um they got down the field as with time expiring, no timeouts. They line up to kick the field goal. They get the snap off as the clock is expiring, and they miss it uh, about a foot and a half wide right. Um, I guess that's not too bad. I mean, it's close. It's close. It was one of those ones where on camera as you're watching it, you're like, you're like oh, oh, it's good. Did they, did they, did they, did they? And then you see it cross the pole. You see it cross the yellow. And you go, oh, no, they, they're going to miss this. Um, however, in, I, I mean, I've been drilling my brain. And I think there are other instances, but this is the only two specific instances I can remember of this. This isn't even – no, that's, that's not really – what I was going to say is this is only the second time I can ever remember a football team losing on a defensive penalty. But that's not really true because they don't really lose on the defensive penalty. They lose because – the Washington got to re-kick. But the nose tackle is right over the football, and he 
for whatever reason, I mean, he's watching the he's literally the football is right in his face. If there's ever a guy who's not allowed to go off sides on defense, it's him. And he goes off sides. Washington gets five yards. It makes it an automatic first out. It was third and four when they kicked it. Um, but they get to do an untimed down because of it, and they just go ahead and re-kick it. And this time he makes it because he's now five yards closer, and it's now a 43-yard attempt instead of a 48-yard attempt. Um, and Washington beats the New York Giants, who are now 0-2. Um, As they should be. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, they're not. So coming into this game, like nobody expects the Giants to be a great team this year, but but Washington has a legitimate shot at being competitive in their division and therefore a playoff team. Um, which is hilarious. Like, right? Basically, like okay, the, so the, the, like the, the more things break down, the, the more I'm like, man, playoff team means almost nothing if you're in the, if you're like if you line it up right. If you're in the right division, playoff team is almost worthless. Yes. Uh, if you are in the NFC. I suppose that's the East somehow. Um, then yeah, it's a worthless division because it's the Giants, the Cowboys, the Washington football team, and the Philadelphia Eagles. Wow, amazing. In the last couple of years, the team that's come out of here has been like nine and seven, eight and eight, somewhere in that range. <laughs> yeah. The champion of the division is barely over five hundred and they're like, right. Look at that guy. What a legend. <laughs> so the football team is really the Washington football team losing their opener uh, to maybe San Diego? No, 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 no. They're, okay. I don't remember who they lose their opener to. But however, this is the Giants. This is the Giants game they played last night. They don't play another division game. I don't know how this happened until December. What? They play five division games in a row to finish the season. What? So essentially, it all like unless they win like twelve games or lose like twelve games, it almost doesn't matter what they do the whole year because they'll have five games within the division at the very end to kind of move everything around. So like if 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 the division if the whole division is like five and five or six and six, it literally will be impossible to predict who's going to win because Washington still has to play five games in division. Yeah, everyone else got their last one. They're like, all right, finishing up the book with, and here here goes procrastinator Washington football program. Right. It, like, and that yeah, sort of, I can get a bid. That sort of made it, it made, it puts them in an uncomfortable position with this week's game where they have, they really didn't have a choice. It, it suddenly made this a must win. Now, listen, they were 0 1, and you never want to be 0 2, but 0 2 isn't impossible to come back from, especially in such a weak division, et cetera, et cetera. There's a, there's a hundred reasons why 0-2 is okay. Um, That's what losers tell themselves, Corey. That is what losers tell themselves. You're right. And Washington was was ready for the speech. Um, however, they did manage to win after the defensive penalty. And, and this, was their, this is their only division game outside of that window. And on top of that, they're playing a pretty good San Diego team, I think, on the road next week. Uh, traveling to San Diego typically means that teams lose at a slightly higher clip. Um, yeah, it's just one of those places that you. you well, it's cross up. country. You don't you don't do a lot of, and in football, typically you travel to the East Coast 
you don't do a lot of travel to the West Coast. There's only a couple teams out there. Um, and so... It's funny to think about, but I guess it makes sense. I mean, so there's there's the Chargers, there's the LA Rams, the San Francisco 49ers, and then the Las Vegas Raiders. And that's basically the only people left of Colorado. Then there's the Denver Broncos in Colorado, uh, Seattle, there's the South Seahawks. Yeah, see, that's that's West Coast. That's way up there. Yeah, there's that one. That's another one, too, where they, you know, on the road, teams very typically lose in Seattle. And lately it's been because they've been good, but before that it was because it's a, you know, it's it's one of the longest trips a football team can take. I don't know. I don't really know how that's like. I don't know. Well, for the longest time, Phil Jackson didn't believe he was the head coach of the Chicago Bulls uh, in the Jordan era, and he was a firm believer. They set the record for wins, and he believed that one of the reasons they did it is because Chicago is as close to the middle of the country as you can get in the NBA, and so travel to either coast wasn't as bad as it was for everyone else. Maybe. I just so, don't know how distance really plays a part in any of this when you especially when you're considering like like it could be different if like we were still taking buses over there, guys. Well, I, I think well train, you know, taking a plane takes takes something out of people. You know, jet lag is real. Uh and these finally tuned athletes, their bodies don't like disruptions in rhythm and, and practice. I guess that's uh, fair. So it does have an effect on the visiting team. Ultimately, I guess it's their level of professionalism that determines how much of an effect, I suppose. Um, however, Washington didn't want to have to go out to San Diego 0-2. And, and San Diego, some teams, some people are, 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 are hot on them. They played pretty good week one. Um, and so there were some – so – it's possible they would have left San Diego 3 due to long travel playing a pretty good team. And so then you're in this crazy boat where you're like, oh, what do we do? What do we do? So one and two is what they're hoping for now, I guess. But, is, that the, uh, is that the Chargers, San Diego? The, the, I guess it's, it's actually the Los Angeles Chargers now. Oh, they changed their name. I have to stop saying San Diego. Well, they moved. Oh, okay. Everyone when they moves. moved is is when they cut ties with Philip Rivers too. Philip Rivers actually said out loud very plainly that he had no intention of playing in LA. He then goes on to play in Indianapolis for a year before retiring. Um, really showed them. Yeah. I don't know what kind of point that made. Um, sometimes I don't, I don't understand the, like taking a stand and then still coming out losing. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like maybe it's more like it's more noble. He's like, I'm not going to do this, and it's like, and then he didn't, and then he died. It's like, yeah, like that's <laughs> like, like I guess he stood by his ideals to the end. There, I wasn't. There you go. You've made the defense case for the anti-vaxxers. <laughs> yeah, dude, I stand by my ideals. Stand by him all the way through the death. Um, <laughs> uh, I got a weird baseball stat for you. I'm tired of weird baseball stats. Is it, is it going to be a home run on a three-out situation? Um, yes and no. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. Hit me with it. Okay. The San Francisco Giants 
have been like weirdly magical this year. And to give you an actual stat that proves they're weirdly magical this year. In games that they are losing in the eighth inning, they have won 25% of them. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's magic. It, well, that's not magic. It's comeback potential, but... That's magic. That's pretty good. That's, I mean, like, okay, we're going to talk about comeback, kid. You got to talk about Drew Brees. The most third-quarter turnarounds in the universe or something like that. Yeah, him... You know what was weird is... Deshaun uh, Watson is also... Deshaun Watson had a bunch. Uh, they threw up a stat uh, during the opener... On Thursday night last week, Tampa Bay against uh, whoever, uh, the Cowboys. I wonder who won and, that game. And Tampa uh, Tampa Bay, as they line up to start driving the last drive of the game, the, the game to kick the go-ahead field goal, the announcers are all saying it, okay, well, you gave Tom Brady 88 seconds. He's, he's probably about to win this game. Um, and everyone's watching, and sure enough, he goes out and wins it. But the stat that they put up was something like, when trailing in the fourth quarter, taking the field to tie or take the lead, Tom Brady was something like 18 and 38. And I was like, that's not, that's not good. That's not good. Like, there's got to be a better way to frame that stat to, to make it clear that it's good or bad. Like, just giving me the raw metric of this is his record when he goes on the field with a drive to tie or win at the end of a game, like, 18-38 isn't good. Yeah, it's like 90, it's barely half. Like, I don't, like, he's what, one-third one wins, two-thirds losses? Like, that's not exactly the stat I'm looking for to really energize my football club. We win a third of these guys. Like, I mean, I guess that makes me feel a little bit better, but, like, I mean, maybe 33 me, is better than zero, but... <laughs> right. Maybe tell me something like, there's only two other guys in the league that are better than Tom Brady at this. Like, frame the stat in a way that that, that I can understand yes. its significance. Right, yeah. Again, the, the stat you, you show me that, that proves that this team is magic is somehow much worse when you go 75% of the time when they're losing, they lose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that's probably like... <laughs> but the weird part is most teams would probably be like, I want that. Like... <laughs> They would gl- they would gladly trade it that way. They'd be like, I would I would willing to lose seventy five percent of the games I'm losing. Yeah, that's fine. But yeah, somehow the Giants have have created enough late game magic that they that they take late, that they tie late, and then and then win later. Like that's I mean it's impressive, but it's a. Crap. I mean, yeah, but I feel like you could theoretically build a team to do that. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Baseball is very different. Like, hey, like, look, I don't understand baseball at all. I'm not even going to come out here and pretend to be like, well, actually, <laughs> the strategy goes, you do this and this and this. I mean, blah, 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 okay, blah, blah. here's what you could do. You could have a super dominant closer that you could run out there most games. But again, there's so many games that you would have to have a great closer and then like two other great late bullpen guys that you would use in other closing situations. Um, and then, you know, when the right order of hitters, uh, you know, are lined up, 
Oh, good. We're going to be at the top of our order at the start of the eighth. I mean, look, maybe, you play maybe. you play enough games. This is going to happen eventually. You're going to have the situation. Yeah, no, no, it will happen situationally, but it won't happen 25% of the time in one year. I don't know. I feel like you could probably finagle something like this. Baseball at this point is random numbers thrown at them. <laughs> There's a non-zero number of home runs scored with three outs. You can't tell me that this game isn't BS. It is. A, <laughs> it, it is super weird. Also, the other night, uh, it was a Giants game. I was watching. Um, I like watching the highlights by this guy, John Boy. He does really funny voiceovers during the. Uh, during the clips of games, and he 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 like he lip reads, and pretty much every time there's like a bad umpire call or a fight between an umpire and manager, he lip read, and it's really funny because I, I think he's doing a really good job lip reading it. And it just makes both guys look stupid. Um, so but he also he covers like some sports he covers weird sports moments, and so the Giants had one the other day where they're playing I, th- I believe it was the Dodgers. And the Dodgers wound up sending with two men on third base at the same time. Um, so Buster Posey's the catcher, and he was they were in a pickle, and they chased the lead runner back to third. And the guy who was on second had already come over and taken third. So Buster Posey just tags both of them because he's not sure what – he knows one of them is out, but he doesn't know which one. So he tags both of them. The umpire tells – the second runner that he is out, the one who came from second base, tells him, okay, you're out, which is correct. Uh, when two runners are on the base, the lead runner gets the base. So the guy that ran back from home, back to third, it's his base. Mm-hmm. However, he also thought the umpire was telling him that he was out as well. Because not everybody recognizes that rule in the heat of the moment. So he kind of slumps his shoulders. Both Runners walk off the base at the same time. Buster Posey panics and he realizes I need to tag one of these guys a second time. And for whatever reason, he doesn't think it's the lead runner and he runs away from the lead runner and retags the other guy. And, Please uh, tell me the lead runner just runs in and just scores. I wish to God he had because it would have been the most super heads up baseball thing ever. Instead, he panics and jumps back to third base. Because, like, wait, we're tagging people? What's happening here? Um, so he jumped onto third base. And he, the ref, the umpire looks at Buster Posey. Buster Posey's like, okay, it's a double play. I got them both. And he was like, no, you got the same guy twice. Like, it doesn't. <laughs> he's, he's still just out. Like, you needed to tag this guy. And he was like, oh. Darn. And he just like trots back to home base. Like, <laughs> oh, bad. You're garbage sport. <laughs> Your rules can't be so ill defined that a guy holding the ball and two people simultaneously thought they had broken the rules. Three. Three. Three people had no idea who was the, who was who was technically out and technically safe. You you know you know what that doesn't happen in literally any other sport. <laughs> Never once has there been an interaction with three separate people, one holding the sports ball, and then all three of them going, what do I do now? (laughs) There was another one where the runner on first, I don't remember which teams this was. This was earlier this year. 
The runner on first stole second base. Mm-hmm. And while he did it, the catcher, uh, the batter, leaned slightly in front of the catcher. And so they called batter interference and they called out the batter. Okay. Because um, he interfered with the catcher throwing to second base. Yeah. Then where the confusion comes up is the umpire then also calls out the runner at second base. And the runner's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, I stole second. Like, this is my base. I didn't, I'm not out. No one tagged me. I'm not out. And the umpire's like, yeah, yeah, you're out. Uh, interference. And you benefited, blah, blah, blah. And really what the rule is, he's supposed to go back to first. But so he, so the umpires all get together because the first base umpire, the runner on second points to this first base umpire. And he's like, hey, help me out here. Like, I'm not, I'm not, we're not doing this. And so all the umpires are getting together. The managers both come jogging out, like, what's going on here? What, what's happening? You know, the one team manager's like, why is my other guy out? The other manager's like, how come he's not out? <laughs> and eventually they yeah. figure out. Immediately they have to start making the argument, even though they have no idea what's happening. They have like, no, no idea what's definitely happening. the right call. They now want to just jog out there and be like, he's definitely out. Um, you can see him, like, standing between first and second, and he's talking to, like, the shortstop and the they're clearly friends, like, they're laughing and joking about it, but he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I have no, like, why would I be out? But then, like, well, they said that he's out, and, like, they're pointing around. They're trying to figure it out. Like, they have no idea. So, finally, after a good five, ten minutes, they break up the little umpire huddle, and they get together, and uh, he and announces, go, like, We don't know, and then they just roll a dice. <laughs> he's like, you go back to first. Uh... He's definitely out for, for batter interference, though. And they were all like, oh, okay. That makes sense. And everyone, like, walked off. But for a good, like, five minutes, the announcers were like, I'm not sure what they're arguing about. It looks like they tried to throw out uh, Ortiz on second, but I'm not sure why they would have done that. Like, <laughs> nobody had any clue what was happening. See, this is dumb. <laughs> you know what sport this doesn't happen in? Literally all of them. Yeah, the rest of them, I mean, baseball creates a lot of these situations because of the nature of its game. But yeah, you're, you're right. Like, you know. This is, this is just rules fluff. That's what this is. So the Giants, uh, in week one, they played the Broncos in, mm-hmm. in the NFL. And... <laughs> There's a clip circulating the internet, and, there, and like somebody labeled it like Giants fans. It's gonna be a bad year. Um, oh, two, so I agree. Yeah. Well, this is week one, oh, and one. So they zoom in on a particular play as it's already halfway running, and it's just a still picture. But they keep zooming in on it, and eventually, in the fourth photo, you realize the starting guard and the running back are blocking each other in this picture. Yeah, not a good feeling. Not a good feeling. <laughs> um, at first, I thought it was fake or from a different year or something, and I was like, no way. But you could see the scoreboard in it, and it's Denver uh, 20, Giants 7. And I was like, oh, that that's pretty close to the final score of that game. So I went back and looked it up, and sure enough, there was a, a period early in the fourth where it was Denver 20, Giants 7. I was like, oh, no, this is probably accurate. And then there's a clip like of the play that started circulating on Twitter. And when you click it, 
it's clear as day. Like what happens is the 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 guard just there's a guy who lines up in front of the guard and he just runs completely around the offensive line, just totally around him. And the guard turns around to try and find him, and the running back was just doesn't ever see the guy coming around. So he's trying to find someone to block, and he steps up into the guard as the guard turns around, and the two of them block each other for a good two seconds. Oh, man, I love I love everything. See, but that's like a hilarious moment of confusion, not a misunderstanding of rules. <laughs> it's certainly that's, a misunderstanding of what caught... colored jerseys you should be blocking. Right, yeah. That's, that's you making a dumb move and like not thinking in the heat of the moment because they definitely both came away from that being like, man, that was really dumb. I hope nobody saw that. Yeah. <laughs> they both understood that what they did was stupid. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. That is pretty accurate. They know what they did. In all these baseball stories, everyone was confused. Man, it was uh Yeah, that's that's pretty accurate. In a lot of these baseball stories, everyone is everyone has no idea what's going on. It's I, just it's just a it's like a oh it's just I was just in a silly goofy mood, like so I decided the rules were this today. <laughs> And it's like, you what? Oh, you didn't know that wasn't a real rule of baseball? It's just a gentleman's agreement? Well, and... Um, gentleman's agreement. Gentleman's agreement. There's a... Uh, there is a rule where if the catcher uses his helmet to secure a live ball in play, uh, he's automatically ejected from the game. And almost nobody knows the rule. And this is why the catchers always throw their helmet off, like, immediately. Well, they do that so they can see. Uh, That, too. But, um, it was a Major League Baseball clip, Major League Baseball TV clip. So, Major League Baseball knows that this is out there. They They had a catcher doing the announcing for a game. And during the game... A pitch gets away from the catcher. He takes his helmet off and traps it, drags it to himself, puts and, and picks up the ball and, and throws it, you know, gets it back in play. Um, the announcer immediately goes, oh, he's not allowed to do that. And the announcer's like, oh, is that uh, really? Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, you know, I caught for, you know, 10 years between minors and pros and blah, blah, blah. And uh, very early in my career, it was like my second start ever as a catcher. And I used the helmet to, to catch the to secure the ball, and the umpire immediately caught it and like ejected me from the game. And uh, he said I had no idea it was a rule. I had to go back and look. And basically, you can't use like non-glove equipment to catch a ball or whatever. There's like a very specific rule. And so, but the umpire didn't do anything about it. The catcher didn't clearly didn't know. The whole game just continues. So like he then started, uh, he, he the the catcher who's broadcasting the game goes, yeah I've seen it one other time and I and the umpire didn't catch it then either, but I went ahead and pulled that catcher aside and told him what the rule is because I know that he would have, I know I would have liked to have someone tell me the rules blah 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 and it's sort of like yeah like how does how do people not know their rules? Because there's too many of them and they're all BS. <laughs> It definitely feels like something you should know if you're a catcher, but it also feels like one of those things that people wouldn't know. 
Well, like, because it, it's like 90% of the time not going to come up. Right, right. Like, it's a rule on a super niche case scenario. But if and, you're like, a catcher, it, you're always wearing a helmet. So, like, it is something that someone should tell you. Right, yeah. Oh, don't use your helmet. It's like right. 99% of the time, I don't. Right. Anyway, so like the, even like the, the one time where it would matter, like it doesn't. Right. But like, yeah, and then so like the umpires didn't catch it either. It was kind of, it was weird hearing the guy talk about it because basically he was saying how that, that they just cheated, basically. He's basically saying like that guy cheated, but he, nobody caught it. Yeah, but nobody caught it and or I bet you the umpire didn't even know that was a rule. Well, I mean, clearly not because if he did, he would have said something. Right. Yeah, it is. Sometimes it's just weird to think about like what what people get away with or don't get away with. Um, especially in baseball, like there's been a couple times where runners have like taken first base on three balls instead of four balls, stuff like that. And sometimes nobody catches it. Sometimes someone like uh, the other day, guy takes first base. The new batter like is standing in the box ready to take his first pitch, and the catcher calls timeout. And he was like, I think he only had three balls. And then the umpire has to go back. He doesn't know because he already cleared his little counter. So they go, like, the pitcher's like, yeah, I only threw, like, four pitches to him, and one of them was a strike. So then everyone's like, oh, man. Oh, man. So they, <laughs> yeah, what, are they, what do you do in that scenario? <laughs> so because they have replay now, they're able to go back and put on the little headphones and ask New York to, to check the tape. And New York was able to say, yeah, he only got four pitches and one of them was a strike, so he needs to come back. It's it's 3-1. <laughs> and then he's like, okay. Yeah, so he's jogging back and he's kind of laughing. He's like, he's like, what do you mean? What do you mean? And they're like, yeah, uh, it's 3-1, guy. Like, you didn't get a walk yet. <laughs> yeah, but he, he already got on base. By baseball rules, like, he should have yeah, made he, it. He stole first base. <laughs> Which is also something you can do. Yeah, that is something you can do. My, probably the smartest thing I've seen, and then we'll get off of talking about baseball, because there's a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, this was a while back, but in baseball, defensively, there's something called the shift, mm-hmm. where the longer a player plays, the more data there is about him. And it's gotten to the point now where teams can tell what direction players hit the ball. So... Dustin Pedroia was a Boston Red Sox, and then he finished his career as a New York Yankee, but this is when he was still a Red Sox. Um, the team he was playing against, they knew he hits from, like, slightly left of second base over uh, towards the uh, first base line. That's, the, that's his triangle of hits, okay? That's where he hits. So they shifted their entire infield over to the right. So, four infielders, the third baseman is now covering second. The second baseman, the shortstop, and the first baseman are all covering between second and first. So, they put an extreme shift on, okay? So, he just hits it to the other side. Uh, he does not. What he does do is he bloops it over them. Um... But Dustin Pedroia hits enough home runs that the, that the outfield has to play the outfield true. They can't pull in. Um, and so he's able to slide. He, he hits it far enough back that he's able to get to second base. He slides into second base, and he just barely beats the throw to second. Well, 
There's nobody at third base because of the shift. She just walks there. So when the second baseman is still on his knees trying to like reaching out to touch the, the bag on second, Dustin Pedroia gets up, dusts himself off. He's looking up at third base, but he's watching the second baseman. When the second baseman puts the glove and the hand down into the dirt, he just takes off to third. Yeah, because he literally can't do anything. No can't one's do there. Anything, right. He, the, the second baseman can't get up and chase him to tag him at that point because he's like, he's just straddled so weird. <laughs> yeah, he's he's doing the awkward person thing, which is stand up from the ground. <laughs> right. <laughs> so Dustin just takes off to third where there is no one. <laughs> and it just looks really smart on TV. Because you can watch his eyes actively moving around after he comes up from his slide. And he's standing there dusting off and he's looking around, he's looking around. And then he just, out of nowhere, just starts sprinting for third base. <laughs> yeah, because there's no way they're going to catch him. There's no one there. There's no one there. There's no one to throw the ball to. Like, imagine if instinct kicked in and you're just like, you're like you're the second base and you just launch it into nothing. <laughs> <laughs> throw it into the dugout. And so he just walks home. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's happened in baseball. The uh, Kansas City the other day, they thought they had a foul ball, and it's dribbling towards foul. But while it was still in contact with the line, um, the pitcher, like, swats it even further foul. He doesn't think it's touching the line. The umpire rules it is. Instead of any of the Kansas City Royals rushing to get the baseball, the catcher, the pitcher, and the third baseman all stand there staring at the umpire like, why would you say that? And the team <laughs> they're playing against has three runners on base. Yeah, they all just all run home. They all come home because nobody even reacts. The first guy scores, the second guy scores, and that's when the catcher realizes that's two runs, guys, like focus. And so he yells, and the pitcher and the third baseman start running towards the ball, and they toss the ball home, but it's but the third guy already crosses the plate. It's too late. Oh my gosh. He's had a complete mental breakdown in real time. Uh just watching it happen. And you and like it's funny and not funny at the same time that that happens in sports where you can just see somebody just go, What just happened? <laughs> what? In football when it happens is when somebody thinks that the guy's been tackled. Do you know what I mean? So like somebody's yeah. like, Oh, he's down. And then everyone starts just trotting, and then all of a sudden the guy with the ball continues sprinting towards the end zone, and nobody does anything. My favorite is when everyone thinks it's over, then you you peek your head up and you're like, oh, it's not. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, we like, were, like we lost that one, guys. Yeah. Nobody, nobody blew a whistle. So, oops. <laughs> that was my that was my last football game I ever played. There was a play where everyone, like. Everyone gets down. Everyone's like starting to stand back up, and everyone's like, "We score? What just happened?" <laughs> we did. Uh, it was the only game we won, and did, you didn't know what to do because you never won. Exactly, I was confused. <laughs> That's funny. All right, we're gonna jump out to a break. We come back. We're gonna talk a little pop culture, maybe, maybe. This is Nerd Radio. We'll be right back.
The adventure begins. Comics, games, and more is a wonderful store located right there on 1488 in Conroe that sells comic books, gaming cards, gaming accessories, board games, as well as all kinds of fun nerd assorted accessories. This is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio. Just reminding you that if you're interested, and if you're bored, if you got some free time, if you wanted to go hang out at an interesting or fun place, The Adventure Begins should be an option you consider. Everything from D&D Adventures League to miniature painting uh, to even competitive card play and even competitive gaming events. All those things occur at The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and more. Interested parties should absolutely check out the Facebook page for more information. This is Rudy Tomjanovich, and welcome to Nerd Thug Radio. Welcome back to Nerd Thug Radio, right here on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations, streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Um, today, I thought we'd do something a little bit fun as we start our journey towards 400. Um, yeah, there's only five more episodes. Five more episodes to 400. That's crazy. I wanted to talk about some interesting stories in the news, some true crime that I've been following. True crime. I listen to a lot of true crime. I've never listened to a true crime podcast, but I might have to start because these I've been following these news stories since they happened. Um, and I'm intrigued by them. So one of them. It happened a little bit earlier in the summer when I was doing my last Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, I have a Kickstarter going. Everyone check it out. Um, there was a South Dakota assistant district attorney who, while driving home late from a party, a fundraising event, probably drinking, allegedly, he says he thought he hit a deer. He called 911. A sheriff came out. The two of them glanced around. They didn't see anything. Um, he drove about his merry little way. Went home. The next day, for whatever reason, he went back out there. He then finds a body there. And says, oh, I must have ran this man over last night and murdered him. He calls the cops. They come and find the body. They proceed to do an investigation at that point. Like, check for alcohol and all that. But it's been 15 hours. They are then unable to get any evidence at all. So, like, no alcohol in the system. Blah, blah, blah. That All that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, they announced... Just, I think, a week or two ago, that they're only going to be able to charge him with three different misdemeanors. If he's convicted of of all of them, he might get 90 days in jail. If. Uh, This dude, in my opinion, definitely got away with murder. Well, like, that's the thing that's so awful about this whole thing, right? Like, it's like. Like, all you have to do is have this one, like, one time, like, like, he called the cops on himself both times. Well, but that's, listen, he's an attorney. He knew exactly what he was doing. I don't think any of it was a mistake. Oh, yeah, no, I don't doubt that for a second. What I'm saying, like, 
like because of the steps he took, there's like no way that you'd be able to convince anyone that like not only that this was his fault, but this was intentional. <laughs> right. He's getting away with murder. He's one hundred percent getting away with murder, I think. Insanity. Um, I think all I think what he did was I think he hid the body that night. Called the cops to cover his tracks. Feeling pretty good about where he hid the body that the cop wouldn't look. Like, he just has to put it out of sight one night. Right. The cop was like, yeah, probably was a deer. Deer run off sometimes. I'm not going to go into the woods and look for it. Yeah, no, no big deal, man. Go ahead, go home. And then the next, because here's where it gets suspicious, is going back out the next day. Well, like, and I could even, you could even say, like, well, they live in South Dakota. How many roads are there? <laughs> well, like, like, yeah, he probably drives the same road back to his office every single day. Right. But, like, well, that's what makes it, that's what makes it genius. Exactly. And to me, you know, what was he going to do if he went back out there and found the dead deer? What was he going to do with it? What was the point of going back? It doesn't. It doesn't stop anything. It contaminates all of it. That's all it does. Now he gets to get away with murder. Yeah. So he's getting away with murder, probably. That's good. In, in South Carolina, uh, the Murderhall family have gotten like the most true crime story I've ever heard of. So, this made headlines uh, less than a month ago. South Carolina big-time lawyer um, is shot in the head in apparent attempted murder. He lives. He does survive. Oh, man. Turns out the next day, he breaks down when he realizes he's alive still, and he admits to um, attempted suicide by by other person aided suicide so that his last living son can get his $10 million inheritance because earlier in the month, his wife and other son were gunned down on his property. What? Also the son who was gunned down was under investigation for a boating accident that took the life of someone else. Oh man. This is like mafia mob. Like Also, the police are reopening the investigation into the death of the maid, which happened in the house a few years earlier. What? So this is already like, we're already like five murders in. Right. We are four murders and one attempted murder slash suicide into the story. So that's step one. He admits now to embezzling millions from his law firm because of his opioid addiction and recognizes that he's probably going to jail for a long time and that he's ruined everyone's lives. Yeah, good job. We made it. But there's still the question of who killed the wife and the son. There's still the question of what's going on with the boating thing and what's going on with the maid thing. And the other son. Apparently he was going to get $10 million, so now he gets nothing. Yeah, I don't know. That's a crazy story. Like, what? there's so much that happens that, like, 
such a short amount of time. Yeah, like, think of a small town and then think of five murders. Yeah, like, things get crazy when there's a car accident. (laughs) And then, of course, the uh, traveling YouTube couple. Oh, my mom was talking about this. What was the what was the deal with them? So the YouTube channel is called Van Life. Uh, the girl's got kind of an odd name, Petit, 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 something along those lines. Gabrielle Petit. She, um, they've been making. They've been uh, the couple got engaged. They built out their van into a, like a lifestyle machine, you know, where you can live in it. Yeah. And they were traveling the country. Well, he came home a month ago without her, and he has no comments on where she is. That's not suspicious in the slightest bit. He has nothing to say. Won't talk to the family. Won't talk to the police. His lawyer released a statement that says, my client was is intended on helping the police as soon as we can establish that he is no longer a suspect. As typically, it's the close loved one's of a murder victim that are suspected in the beginning. Conveniently leaving out that he was probably the last person seen alive with her. <laughs> it's, it's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. Sure, I might have been the last person seen alive with her. Besides the killer. Yeah, you guys are clearly missing out on this one. Look, most murders happen with people you know. This is not one of those cases. And I can this tell is... you that from personal experience. <laughs> This is unmost murders. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. Because it definitely wasn't me. Uh, some police body cam footage has emerged. They were in Utah uh, about two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Three weeks ago. Three weeks ago now. And there was a domestic disturbance reported. They were like leaving a store and they got in a fight like in the parking lot. And somebody called was like, hey, these, this couple is fighting in the parking lot. Uh, like physically touching each other during an argument kind of a situation. Right. So please show up. Please show up. Separate them. She's emotional. He is calm. And she takes all the blame for it. And he also says that it was her issue. Now, the stories don't match up on any of the real details. It's like the van swerves while the cops are behind them. So when they pull him over, they each have a different story for that. She says she distracted him because she hit him on the arm to yell at him that the cops were there because she was still mad at him. He says he swerved because she thought he she he thought she was trying to grab the wheel. That has like she doesn't say anything about that. Um, also, a terrible strategy. That's not going to help you at all. Well, but if you're crazy, like so, there's two there's two issues, right? Either she's crazy, or they are fighting. If she is crazy, she could have tried to grab the wheel. Like, that's not outside the realm of... Yeah, I was saying, swerving wouldn't really help much. Oh, it wouldn't help much, but if you're crazy, no, you're not thinking about that. I guess that's fair. Um, or, if they're just fighting because he's a jerk, then she might have been like, look, now we're getting pulled over because you're such an a-hole. Right. Or, he's an axe murderer. Yeah. Yeah. Who came home from a cross-country trip without the other person he left with. I mean, I've forgotten some stuff for a trip, but never a person. 
Yeah, that's fair. And then spoke about it to no one, not even your closest family and or friends. Right. Hey, well, what happened to so-and-so? I don't know. I don't know, man. I got nothing to say. <laughs> I have absolutely no comment. Other then, counsel, what, happened, what happened to your wife? It's yeah, like your fiance. Yeah. I was talking about Who? Who? I am not allowed to comment by order of counsel. Is, okay. is this your? Is, am I talking to your lawyer right now? <laughs> yes, my client doesn't even want to speak right now. Yeah, under advice of counsel, I have been advised not to speak. I honestly, if you have any questions, just don't ask. Thanks. Yeah. Bye. Just write them down, and I'll never get to them. It's just like, all terrible. He, South Dakota guy, may have committed the perfect murders. Well, I don't know. I think this. I think this. This. This other one is just like it's going to unfold. I think the South. The, the South Dakota guy definitely got away with murder. Though. That guy's oh, never getting caught. <laughs> for sure. And on top of that, the prosecution office has publicly said they're not even. They're, they're not happy about the charges they can charge him with. Yeah, they're probably like, "Is this literally all we have?" And they're like, "Literally nothing else there." Yeah. Well, they publicly said like, uh, in order to do any sort of assault or bodily harm or, or uh, murder case. They need to be able to prove recklessness, but they don't have alcohol. They don't have, you know, vehicle details. They don't have any of it. They don't have skid marks. They don't have any of it. So we have zero, like, they can't prove an element of the crime. So they, they can't charge them with it. Right. So he gets away with it. No, the only reason I think the other one gets away with it is because, uh, Look, unless a body turns up or somebody watched or someone saw him do it, what are you to charge him with? I hate to say you're right. <laughs> Most people do, but it doesn't change the fact. No, but you're, I mean, you're, it's totally fair. Like, very least missing and then like, oh, I don't, well, like, they're missing. Most, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Most missing people, those cases never get solved. Most of them are dead. Right. And the person who did it's not going to say anything. There's a, um, uh, there's a movie on Netflix right now with uh, Elizabeth Olsen and Jeremy Renner in it. And they're mm-hmm. investigating the likely murder of a woman on an Indian reservation. She's, a, she's an Indian. So like the big struggle is jurisdiction. Elizabeth Olsen's an FBI agent. She's allowed to help, but the chief of the tribal police is the lead investigator. Jeremy Renner is a park warden. It's his job to like keep like predator population low out of these. They're out there in like in Wyoming. Mm-hmm. So just like thousands of acres, right? So it's it's an oil company, an Indian reservation, and like six guys in trailers. And then like that's the whole area of this movie and they're trying to figure out what happened to this girl and I mean it's almost impossible to figure out because like nobody's talking and they only have certain details you know what I mean yeah there's only there's so little that you know right so eventually they get to where they think they figured it out and then there's this crazy shootout like it's just madness um but yeah and then at the end of the movie they pop up the stat where it's like uh on missing women data is tracked for everyone with the exception of indigenous women. 
Wow. So nobody knows how many indigenous women are missing or dead across the country. That's crazy. And that's the thing. Like, it's not going to get investigated. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, yeah, with this woman, with this uh, YouTube girl, they're going to investigate the crap out of it. But unless they know where they're looking, what are they going to find? Yeah, that's true. It's just freaking travel. Like, it's like, oh, it could have happened around here. It's like, or it could have happened ages ago. Right. Somewhere. We have no idea where they were. (laughs) Right. She was on body cam footage September 1st. Yeah. That's the last time she may have been seen by anybody else. It's like two weeks. You can get you can get real far in like two days. Yeah, there's no telling where he drove that van and what he did with her. No, imagine, imagine, imagine having your entire life in your van be counterintuitive to leaving a trail of where you were. <laughs> I mean, I I think I think Mr. South Dakota, I think all three of them, if they'd have done it right, would have gotten away with it. I mean, yeah, they they look fine as it stands now. How awful that is! Well, Miss South Dakota gets away with it for sure. They've yeah, said it. Uh, Mr. South Carolina, he's going to jail forever, probably. And there's no telling what else they're going to charge him with when it's all said and done. Yeah, but his story is like not even close to being done in terms of like the stuff around, like the ancillary. Like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And who knows what other murders pop up. It turns out like he murdered his he murdered his wife and child in an opioid fueled rage. Or a drug dealer did it as a threat to you know what I mean? Like Yeah, there's like no telling. They have so much unsolved in that case still. Um then obviously this guy, I think this guy gets away with it too, unfortunately. Yeah. I I don't think there's I don't I don't want to be this person in pop culture who's saying this, but or the media that's saying this, but I believe she's dead. I believe he did it, and I believe he's going to get away with it. So dark. Oddly enough, like, YouTube is such a big platform that, like, there's some really dark stuff of, like, some, like, there was a, there was a, like, there's an old YouTube channel of, like, uh, he was a, he was, like, an anime reviewer. He was actually here in Texas. He killed his, like, whole family. (laughs) Um, was this guy like Reddit famous? Uh, I mean, probably later, but he was like old, like old guard YouTube, like 2008. I'm pretty sure I know who you're talking about. His name was like, his name was like Mr. Anime or something like that. Yeah. 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 Literally like serial killed his whole family. (laughs) Um, there's a... We were just talking about this last night. There was a board game that was going through a Kickstarter, I believe called Last Girl, as in like the last girl a serial killer is trying to kill or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And it's some sort of board game card playing game. Uh, one of the writers of it, or one of the people who added some level of content to it, turns out he did in fact murder his wife. Oh, man. Take it a little bit too far. So it like it made the project pause while they like evaluated what to do with everything. Yeah, no joke. Imagine, that- <laughs> imagine taking your job so seriously. They're like, "Hey, we're gonna make a game about murder." He's like, "Got it." 
writes on his big to-do list. Murder wife. Right. Take notes. Right game. Check. All right, murder wife. All right, gotta put that in the game. <laughs> All right, guys. I'm coming at you with first-hand experience, and it's like they're like Jeff. This is a game about murder, and he's like coming at you with first-hand experience. And they're like a long, cold stare at the guy who asked the question. Hey, Jeff, how's your wife doing? She's doing good. She uh, she was a big help for this project. Oh, oh. See, that's not right. All right, uh, we're way over time. I want to thank everybody for listening. This is uh, on behalf of Little Brother Nico and myself. Same nerd like time, same nerd like channel. As we climb to 400, we've got a few episodes left. Come hang out with us as we wrap up Nerd Thug Radio with a bang. This is Nerd Thug Radio. The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is a wonderful store located right there on 1488 in Conroe that sells comic books, gaming cards, gaming accessories, board games, as well as all kinds of fun nerd-assorted accessories. This is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio, just reminding you that if you're interested, and if you're bored, if you got some free time, if you wanted to go hang out at an interesting or fun place, The Adventure Begins should be an option you consider. Everything from D&D Adventures League to miniature painting uh, to even competitive card play and even competitive gaming events. All those things occur at The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and more. Interested parties should absolutely check out the Facebook page for more information. Hi, this is Kevin Smith, former Dallas Cowboy, Texas A&M Aggie as well. And I want to say what's up to Nerd Thug Radio. <laughs>